Welcome to another episode of Movies in the Black. Movies in the Black is dedicated to helping producers, especially filmmakers, make money from the art that they're creating, or at least break even. <laughs> Today, we have a really special episode. We have Kevin Interdonato. He is a bi-coastal actor and producer. The movies that he's produced have done really well online, especially a movie called Bad Frank, and he just released another movie this year. We'll have him talk a little bit more about that. He talks about the distribution strategy behind each of those films, what worked and what didn't work, and trying to keep up with the ever-changing landscape of marketing yourself online as an actor or as a producer. Uh, it's a really great interview. The content is awesome. I'm sorry that we did this interview over the phone. So the quality, the audio quality isn't perfect. Uh, it's pretty far from perfect actually, but we're working on that. We're so I'm slowly working on getting better and better equipment for this show. I still think at the end of the day, the content is what is important and the content in this episode is awesome. So without further ado, let's welcome Kevin to the show. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah, so I gave a little bit of an intro, but do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Kevin Interdonato. I'm a bi-coastal actor after all these years, finally. I got into producing and writing about, I'd say, eight years ago, and I learned the hard way. Um, <laughs> and I took a couple projects for me to get my feet grounded, and it wasn't until I put as much time and energy and devotion into the craft of producing as I did the craft of acting that I really found my way. It took me a while to realize that that was needed in order to sustain in this business. So lately, knock on wood, things have been well, and um, I have nowhere to go but up. So I have some good things lined up, and I'm looking forward to what's in store. So where are you at right now as far as is most of your income or all of your income coming from your creative movies? Yeah, it is. Yeah. When you book enough work as an actor, um, you know, thank God you get residuals and those just kind of come and surprise you in random, random times. So whether it's work at, you know, TV gigs, films, you get residuals coming in. Sometimes I help ghost produce projects. I'll get hired on. Well, I don't need credit or anything like that, but I, it's more consulting things and uh, helping writing as well. Then my own project. Yeah, you scrap together and you just make sure you can make a living out of it, man. And, and it's like anything else. You really just have to make sure you can adjust your, your home life to accommodate the income that comes in from the business because it's, it doesn't really have to do with how talented or good you are sometimes. It's just a matter of what projects are available and what they're able to pay. And if you want to oh, work, yeah. you work. And if you don't, you don't. And uh, that's, <laughs> you know, you just kind of take it as it comes. But you have to be willing and ready to take those opportunities when they, when they come up. That's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And then it's unfortunate when opportunities come up and, you know, you get to a certain point with your career and it's the, you know, the power of saying no. And unfortunately, you have to say no to projects that might pay pretty good. I had to do that twice this past uh, this past year, and it hurt. It fucking hurt, man, because you know you want to work, but <laughs> and the money right. is good, but um, you know you come off a couple of movies that are a certain caliber of film. You really don't want to go down. Just you know lateral moves and up, and it has to do with your value as an actor and your your worth and everything. And you want to maintain that. Tough decisions to be made. Do you have an agent? Uh, I'm an agent and a manager, yeah. Okay, I was just wondering. Yeah, I I, uh, I think that part of the business is really fascinating. And do they kind of help you develop that strategy of which films you should be taking and which ones you should be passing on? Not really. I mean, it, at the end of the day, <laughs> man, you know, you're the boss. It's um, right. 
there's a reason why you make, you know, 90% and they make, you know, less. I think actors put too much weight on agents and managers that they're going to cultivate their career. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't really exist, man. I mean, unless, you know, when you're higher, higher up and you're into the Hollywood system, uh, it, it literally is a system. It's like a machine and they, uh, oh, yeah. they pick you up and, you know, they craft you and they market you and present you and you kind of ride the wave. Uh, I know actors in that realm, uh, and the independent level and this, you know, certain air, different areas, there's really no raid wave to ride. You kind of create your own and, um, just make sure your work gets out there and you do the best you do. And then, you know, it's like any other job too. Word of mouth, man. Reputation, recommendations. That's how I get a lot of my work. There's a interesting one of the freelancers that I follow. He's a film, a film freelancer. He works for uh, Pink and Katy Perry. Does all their like behind the scenes videos. And his oh, cool. quote about freelance is always people will keep hiring you if you meet one of the three following traits. Either you are on time and you get projects done yeah. on time. You do really great work, and or you're really great to work with. If you have two out of those yeah. three, then people will still keep calling you back. And if you have all three, then people are definitely going to keep calling you back and they'll recommend you to everyone they know because it's hard to find people that are on time, do great work, and are great to work with. Usually people struggle in one of those realms. <laughs> yeah, he hit it on the head, man, because there's so many fuck-ups in this business. I mean, it's just a bunch of people that, you know, dollar in a dream and who's willing to sacrifice uh, so one many, to get out here and do it. Yeah, so many people... I mean, I see it in acting and in as filmmakers... They are lazy, honestly. They think it's an easy job to get into. And it's not like it's a physically, I mean, some of the stuff you do maybe is physically demanding, but it's not like, you know, working in a factory, but it definitely requires a lot of hard work. Yeah, it does, man. It's funny, you know, you can't just make a movie and just, I mean, well, actually, you can. Anyone can make a movie, anyone can just kind of wing it. You know, you get people around you and you just kind of do it. But it depends on what kind of person you are, man. You know, I strive for greatness, I want nothing less but. And when you put yourself in that caliber in that world, it it does something to you and your back is against the wall and you really have no choice but but to try to achieve what you want. And I have really no interest in being involved with people that are not like-minded anymore. So I've done a lot of work as an actor for people that just wanted to make the movie or they got some, you know, anyone can get money, man, you know, and they just make the movie and it's like you walk away from it and it's a, it's an unfortunate experience you know you don't want to back up the film because it sucks and all that stuff and it's going to bury your head in your knees at the premieres and it's like those days (laughs) come and go and i think you got to go through that to know you got to start somewhere right yeah 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 i see that i get that as a producer too i'm still kind of in the stage where i'm in the stage right now where i'm finally in a place where i can start saying realistically start saying no to projects i've been saying no for from projects for the last two or three years and probably mm-hmm. some of them I should have just worked on because I haven't had a ton of projects uh, because I've been too a little too picky, I guess, with the projects I've worked on. But um, the same kind of thing, like I just don't want to work on projects where people aren't taking it seriously. I worked on one and uh, they were just, they're great people. They're all kind of artists and, and everything was great in that realm, but they just had no sense of the business of it and they really didn't care. Right. they didn't want to have a sense of the business of it they were like I want to make a film about my true life now if I hear that if I hear someone say it's based on my life I walk away immediately <laughs> unless yeah, I can already tell they're a really interesting person or something but that rarely happens <laughs> that's too funny man yeah I hear you was that the one um, two guys were uh, in the woods no no that one's actually Hunter. completely fictional that one that one I liked a lot um, I wish I could find more projects like that one yeah um, yeah 
And the people that were working on that were really ambitious. We maybe were a little arrogant about our distribution strategy. We kind of stuck our nose up to film festivals and jumped right into trying to self-release it. Mm -hmm. And that was, honestly, it was just stupid because we probably could have gotten a few laurels from some mid-tier festivals. And then we could have leveraged those to get into some of the theaters we were trying to get into. Uh, But most of the theaters wouldn't even talk to us because we hadn't been in any festivals. They wouldn't even watch the movie. Interesting, man. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that's, um, you know, it's only looking at it. The, the film festival route has been getting, has been losing its clout more and more lately. Even Sundance, I mean, all the way down. Yeah. It's yeah. Just a and different dichotomy years ago. It's, it's pretty quickly changing. Um, but yeah, the theater is basic. And we had, we were kind of like, you know, the, the film festivals don't matter anymore, but the theaters hadn't caught up to that idea yet. Right. But we did great online. So that doesn't matter. Good. Good, man. Good for you. Yeah. How, like, what's the most recent project you produced? I know you produced some stuff. Well, I think you remember a film called Bad Frank that was released in 2017. And then there was a movie released this year called, earlier this year called uh, Dirty Dead Con Men. Uh, That was an interesting story how that came to be. Dirty Dead Con Men was released, um, a very, very small release in the end of February. And um, I released it through uh, an aggregator, not a distributor. So oh, I'm right, yeah. familiar with how, how that works. But, was um, it Distributor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Distributor. Uh, and they're wonderful yeah. people over there. And what happened was I had a very big social media plan uh, lined up on my own. And um, at the time of the release, I was unaware of uh, Facebook changing its rules and regulations and things. And they took any business-related posts off of, off of people's news feeds unless they were paid for. So I had a yeah. massive guerrilla campaign laid out and literally was just completely stunted. And it was four times the size of the campaign of Bad Frank. And Bad Frank popped. So that was... Yeah. Um, that was a rough one. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, we were prepared <laughs> for a while for that. I had to regroup, and um, because of certain things, I, I just I had no marketing money. I had to turn around and ask a couple other distribution companies that they'd be willing to take it and also market in the house, which they did. So now it's getting a resurgence. Uh, I got it sold foreign worldwide. That's getting pushed out oh, as good, good. And uh, Global Digital Releasing is putting it out on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Voodoo again. That's soon. And um, it's got on Comcast. To be TV, this one now, and you name it, got new key art. Wow! So it's uh, I'll, it's cool, man. You got to stay to keep the hustle because the product you make makes money, and if you don't stay on right. top of how it, did it you, won't, you know, how did you pull off? Or I mean, was it difficult to convince them to take something that you had already started releasing? No, any otherwise, it, otherwise it would have been. But I, I've, I've been in the business for a while, man. You know, and I just created a lot of really good friendships and relationships, like working relationships. So when you get to a certain point in the business you kind of jump over all the, like the fluff and all the bullshit and you're just dealing yeah, with real yeah. people and yeah. uh, you just put it out there. And, and that's that, you know, if someone, someone thinks someone, they can make money on something, they'll take it, you know, it's just business. Right. So, uh, fortunately, you know, dirty dead con came out pretty fucking cool. It's, uh, it's in the action genre. And, um, some people I, saw the on pre- board. I think I saw the preview for that. It looked really sweet. Yeah. It came out good. Came out good. We're happy with it. You said bad Frank, how did that do distribution wise? It did well. They got picked up. Uh, Gravitas Ventures took Bad Frank, and they did. They were very open. They did zero marketing for the movie, zero. So that's a mid-level distribution company that openly said we are doing no marketing for your movie. So it fell entirely on us. And fortunately, things just it was appealing. It got shared a lot, and it just kind of 
it just kind of popped. Redbox took it. A lot of uh, a lot of platforms took it, and then it did very well overseas as well. It did well for me as an actor, and it opened up some doors. And um, that's it. Did well. Yeah, that was very even just the marketing of it was very like the the style of the design of the poster and and those types of things and the visual style was pretty. It, it popped in a literal like you know off the off the page, yeah. which helps a lot in social media. In the social media world, you got to really you got to jump off people's timeline, and you just have that one shot where you're like yelling or whatever. It's such an intense shot that it just grabbed your attention. You're like, I want to know more about that. Well, I'm glad you liked it, man. And we were on that. You know, the, that's another example of how how on you got to be with your movie. You know, no stone unturned. We shot that trailer. <laughs> we shot that trailer in my apartment, and um, we put a. It was in my kitchen actually. We put a black sheet on the wall. And I wrote it out, and then the uh, the British speaking psychologist that was talking to me was actually my wife Amanda, who played my wife in the movie. And uh, oh, nice! She just put on she has a great accent, and then we just cut it up. So that trailer cost all said and done, I don't know, three hundred bucks. And then um, yeah. Amanda also designed the poster, so we just designed it. She designed it on her iPad. And then we just brought it to a guy that knows how to make stuff, like high file resolution or whatever. And um, bam, we did that. So we submitted everything to Gravitas. And then Gravitas sent back to us their version of the poster. And the original version of the poster had Tom Sizemore's face on it. They took Tom Sizemore off. Because at the time, he was just saturating himself himself greatly. And it was like, you you guys are going to get more buys and rentals without him on it. So I was like, oh, fuck, that was not the plan, dude. Like, we wanted to get Tom to, like, pump this thing up. Gravitas and Foreign, they took his face off the poster. So I was like, oh, shit. And, um, oh, and then they went and they poured all this fake blood on the hammer that I was holding. And they put a tagline that said, off his meds, ready to kill. So I called him, and I was like, you guys out of your fucking mind? Like, it's not a, it's not a horror film, you know? And I was like, take the blood off the fucking hammer. What are you doing? So they went and yeah. argued. They took the blood off the hammer because it looked corny, and um, they changed the tagline, and that was that. Bing, bang, boom, and it went. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah. an interesting side of things that a lot of people don't get to see is that back and forth with. Uh, I mean, any, even if you're just market, working with a marketing company, I know a lot of people are doing that now. They're self distributing, but hiring marketing agency. Yep. At the end of the day, man, and you got to make sure that you you pick up on all the clues too. You know, you got to see what. But other people, like if, you, if you're going to go to, you know, go to work with someone and get into a project with someone, I mean, you got to kind of do due diligence. You got to know what other people think of that person too, because they're oh, representing you. Yeah. So, you know, you really yeah. got to dig in with, with everyone and, and know who you're getting to bed with. But if you find a core team and you got a good three, three people, even four people around you that you can trust and you all work together and you have the same goals and you want to help each other, you're in a very, very, very good position. But if you're just yeah. taking people on that are kind of want to ride the gravy train and no one's putting in what you're putting in, then you're in a bad spot. Yeah. You really got to, yeah, at any level, you really have to watch that. Because when you're getting started out, you don't want to latch yourself to the coattails of someone that's really not in it, right? And at your level or even above your level, you really got to watch the people that are trying to come into your life because some of them are just leeches. Yeah, it's true. And it's, it's kind of there now. There's this thing I was talking to my wife about the other night. And I got the luxury of you know my wife being in the business as well, and she's doing wonderful right now. And um, you know, this it just popped in my head. I said it to her, and, and it's true. You know, young earlier on in my career, and not too long ago either, I got I got carried away by the other people's confidence. And um, mm. it's very important to really be able to step back and think about who you're getting into bed with and who you might be working with, because 
there's a lot of delusional people out there that have false confidence <laughs> based on nothing. And, um, yeah. you know, when you have the same ideals, especially in this, this artistic world where we're driven by passion and it does tend to override some things sometimes. So yeah, you can get caught up in someone else's confidence unjustifiably. So you really got to make sure that you're making you know, the right decisions when you're working with people in any capacity you really do. I think that now more than ever in the, because the business side of it's coming down so much more on the creatives, whether you're a, even a cinematographer, a, uh, a director, a producer, an actor, everyone's kind of having to pay attention to that, even if it's just a matter of how they strategically pick jobs and build their own career. You have to really pay attention to the way that you are are doing that, choosing projects who you're working with, things like that, that used to be kind of, I don't know if that was always the case. Things change, man. Things change, you're right. You hit on the head. Uh, lately, in later years, you know, because the money does not come in as well or budgets are getting toned down even more because the money doesn't come in. Um, you know, the filmmaker of yesteryear, I, dude, I remember when I was coming up 20 years ago, a little less than 20 years ago, like a director was a director, a producer was a producer, an editor was an editor, an actor was an actor. That's not yeah. changing. You know, you fast forward and now it's like a director is also a producer a writer is also a producer, director could edit, an actor is an editor, producer, and they do graphic design. Like, you gotta wear hats. And not only do you gotta wear hats, but you gotta wear them good. And yeah. a successful filmmaker these days, in my eyes, from what I've seen, dude, is not the person that just sits back on the laurels and accepts their position and thinks that, that other people are just gonna, like, kind of puff up and do their own thing. You literally have to be an entrepreneurial person. It's, it's the, the yeah. entrepreneur filmmaker is the one that succeeds right now. Not just the director, not just the producer that knows how to do producing skills. It's someone that literally could go out and start their own pizza place successfully. Right. That's the kind of person that, that makes a successful movie and is smart enough to either know they are talented enough because they've already executed in the past creatively, or they're smart enough to know that they have to bring people in that are better than them at certain positions. And yeah. when you have someone helming a project, yeah, when you've got someone helming a project with that, that mind, you know, getting the money together, making sure the finances are right, the investments are right, going through a lawyer, doing that shit the right way, that's the entrepreneur and that's the filmmaker that's succeeding right now. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, I think that's something a lot of people need to hear too, because if you are a filmmaker and you're kind of living in this delusional world of, I mean, it goes back to the classic, like, create it and they will come. But it's even a matter of, you're not going to make a very good film on a micro-budget level unless you're crazy talented and have a really simple story. And even then, people might not see it. And it's like, you have to really understand. I mean, everyone's got to be a marketer for themselves in this world now, but also, like you mentioned, the financing, the legal side of things. It's just not realistic to have a giant team involved anymore. Um, And I find that exciting. I'm like, that's an opportunity right there for me. And it's tricky because you want to bring in people that are better than you in the positions that you can't fulfill, but you also have to wear a lot of hats. So you got to make that balance. And that's kind of tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is, man. And I think that falls under being an entrepreneur. You know, you got to have, you have to know how to run business, how to run people. You just have to know it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's really integral, man. You know, it is. Yeah. And understanding your actual weaknesses, 
Like there's some things that you are weak at and you should improve and you should put the effort into getting better at. Uh, and there's some things that you're just never going to be good at and you need to find someone to partner with that is really good at that. That probably has a different personality type than you do. Yeah. And that's the yeah, same in entrepreneurship. Like if I'm a business owner and I'm really good at the big picture stuff, I'm going to hire someone that's really good at the details. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm doing that with my next one right now too. Uh, you know, I got a producer friend of mine from Los Angeles that she already did like 40 films and there's just a plethora of knowledge on her end that, yeah, I could learn it, but my God, I just don't want to. <laughs> it just takes, <laughs> it would take me so long to do something that would take her an hour, you know? So, yeah, well, I'm excited that, uh, you're doing so well. I, I've been watching since bad break, basically. I think that's when we first connected on social media. Um, right, right, right. I think it's been cool to watch where you've gone because uh, you're kind of in that, you're playing in that middle realm right now. You know, you're climbing that ladder of, of making things work where it's kind of cool that it's great when you get to that place where you can commit to your, commit to it full time. How long were you doing acting uh, before you were able to commit to it completely? Seven years ago. And you said you've been acting time, for 20 dude. years. <laughs> yeah. It takes a long yeah. time. And I'll tell you what, if, um, I mean, I'm not rich, you know, uh, not many people are, uh, you know, this business puts <laughs> yeah. a big facade on things. It's a big facade. And there's a lot of actors right. that, um, rightfully so deserve to be paid more than they're paid on the gigs that we, we can get. So you have side jobs, you have side gigs, you know, and, um, you know, you just, you just get money where you can get it, but it really comes down to, you know, living, the living your lifestyle as easy and frugal as possible. And that enables you to put more time into the business and not have to worry about shit. I know dudes that once they make a big paycheck, they're, they're going buying Land Rovers and Benzes. And I'm like, yeah, you're fucking mine. You know, like you're crazy, mm-hmm. man. You know, I got a new yeah. Jeep now, but I, also, I still have my 91 GMC pickup. It's my baby. I'll never get rid of it. And it's like, I've had that for so long. It's because that's, that's where I come from. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, you just, you just do what you got to do. So it's, it's not about the money. You know, it never really is about the money. It's just finding a way to to make your art succeed. And then everything yeah. kind of comes after that. You know, it just it just kind of does. It just kind of does. I, I did a movie. Dude, I did a movie three years ago, this Lifetime movie. And yeah. um, and it was, uh, it was rough, man, because it was a good Lifetime movie. It blew up in France, blew up in Spain. And I got this offer because I worked with a guy on something else. And he's like, Kev, look, here's the deal. He's like, all the money I have has to go with this lead actress because I know she's going to make money in Spain. I know she's going to make money in France. She's basically going to make the budget of the movie back on her name alone. This was, um, this was before Bad Frank. I was like, all right. So right away, I knew what was coming. He was like prepping me, you know? So I was like, what's up, man? What are you paying me? Just let me know. He's like, dude, all I can give you is like 125 a day. And I said, um, I'm second build, second lead. And he's like, yeah. Wow. I was like, oh, motherfucker. I was like, send me the script. So I sent me the script. The script was fine. You know, it was whatever. And you know what? I took the gig. I didn't want to because it was like a kick in the face financially. But as a producer, I know the game. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I did the gig. And what that did for me was I got seen. Someone saw it. Got a call. Got another job off of it. Made decent money. So it's like, you know, to, to really think about the one-off, it's not. You always got to think of long game. You always got to think of long game. And sometimes you got to take yeah. hits along the way. But if I didn't live, you know, within my means, I, I would not have been able to take that, that movie, you know, because of the actor. Yeah. 
allows you to be more strategic with what you take in any, whether you're a freelancer or an actor or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Someone told me that young and it made a lot of sense. And you know, when you're an actor, man, making money like that or whatever money, it's not like you're working straight. It's not like, you know, six days straight. That spans over three weeks. So how the fuck is an actor supposed to keep a job? You can't. You got to take off, you get fired, you got to take off, you get fired. So you really got to play your cards right. You really got to play your cards right right. And uh, that's what it comes down to. Now, being in Jersey, you're, are you still in Pennsylvania? I am, yeah. So Pennsylvania, I think they still got their tax credit. Jersey tax credit's coming back in day now. Um, so that's exciting. So I have a movie lined up for next year. My wife's directing it. And that's going to be a pretty uh, pretty big step up from Bad Frank and Dirty Dead Con Men. Um, there's a lot of buzz about it already in, in the uh, small world of... It's called Brusco. And uh, cool. it's a, kind of a modern-day... I guess a modern-day Rocky film, man. Uh, it's going to be exciting. So Interesting. that's been in development for the past year. Um, you know, you do as much work as possible. It's like triple the amount of development, triple the amount of pre-production to keep the budget low. And um, I'm at a position where my wife and I both are. We can call up a lot of friends and favors and get some known people involved for a fraction of the price. And they know the game too. You know what I mean? That's it. You do what you got to do to make your art. And it uh, should be a pretty exciting, well-known film by the time it's done. We're looking forward to it. That'll be next year. Oh, I'm excited to watch that journey. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. So what, what's your preferred form of social media that people can follow you on so they can kind of follow you as that develops and see your other stuff? Uh, Instagram's good. I've been dropping off lately because I just get tired of it sometimes. You know, necessary evil. But I do find it fun. So my, I think my, uh, my handle is at the Kevin Intro on Instagram. So anybody hit me up there say what's up? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you were wondering any questions from Kevin. He's super accessible. So hit him up. Yeah. Give a shout. Anyone ever wanted to bounce ideas or anything like that? I'm more than willing. I, dude, I wish I had people. <laughs> I wish I had people to talk to when I started out and on the way, you know, give advice. And I didn't have anyone. I learned, I learned the yeah. hard way, man. And learning the hard way means a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of money lost. So if anyone's yeah. got any questions they want to throw out, I mean, I'd be more than happy to help out. I think it's huge. I think the big takeaway from this is, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the big takeaway is you got to be really strategic with the way that you're building your career, whether you're a director, a writer, an actor, whatever you are, it's, it's definitely, you have to look at the long game and you have to pick and choose which things you're doing and also take shots at things that are going to climb you up the ladder more, uh, even if it doesn't make sense all the time. It's true. It's true, man. You know, you got to follow your gut. That's the number one. And really just yeah. uh, really, really vet people and make sure you're dealing with the right people. You're getting the better the right people. Because at the end of the day, Craig, you can look at every single sign that someone throws at you. And it's like, you know, this guy or gal, they match up here. They match up there. This makes sense. What they said here was good. I really believe them. Yada, yada. And you know what? Then fuck it. It's up to them. You know, and if they blow it, you got to be up. You got to be like right then and there. Be quick, fast, pull that trigger and say, fuck, you don't know work with you no more. Because you can only do so yeah. much, and there's a lot of snakes out there, man. So hopefully you just you just line up your um, you know, your feelers the right way, and uh, and you come together with the right people. But at the end of the day, it's not the people that are going to make you; it's you. And you just got to make sure your head's on the right and your motives are in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And that 
wraps up another episode of Movies in the Black. Thank you for listening. I think that was a really awesome episode with Kevin. I got a lot out of the conversation, so I hope that you did too. If there's anyone specific that you'd like to see on the show, send us a message wherever you're listening and we'll try to do our best to get them on the show or if there's a specific topic. I know a lot of people have been interested in financing uh, and raising money. So I'm working on a show right now interviewing two different producers that have done really great work raising money at a low budget scale from non-traditional means. So I'm excited about that. Those will be coming out soon. There's lots of episodes on the way. The release schedule right now is every Tuesday. So wherever you're listening, hit subscribe and you'll be notified when those come out. You can always subscribe on moviesintheblack.com to our blog posts. Every episode of the podcast is added as a video and audio and a bit of text to the blog. So you'll get those uh, also whenever we post blog posts specifically about certain parts of the producing side of movie making those blog posts will go live too